morning, everyone. Welcome to Disciples House. Please be seated. Well, as you know, this is where the Word and the Spirit come together to reveal the power of God, where we're not slothful in business, we're fervent in spirit, and we're serving the Lord. And that's 1 Corinthians 4, I mean 2, 4, and Romans 12, 11. Well, he, we are who He says we are. How many, how many know that God's creative power is in His Word? And when He says something, it happens. So if he says who we are, then we are who we say he is. And he set us free. And he put his son on the cross for us, that we wouldn't be separated from him, that we'd be forever free, and that we'd be forever have the, the chance at being with him in heaven. But we have to choose that. And we have to see, Jesus, Jesus said when when he was live on the earth, he said that he only speaks the words that his father speaks. And, and, which, and, and that when he speaks those words, they have the same powers as the father said them himself. So <clears throat> he gave us his power and authority. So when we speak the words that the father spoke, it has the same power and authority as God himself speaking. Praise God. So we have to, we have to watch what we say. Because, because the Father says that we have the fruit of our lips. And so whatever we say, that's what we're going to have, be it good or be it bad. So we, we have to watch our words and we have to speak the right words. The words that, well, the words that the Lord speaks is the best words. All right. So uh, as you know, uh, we... we, we, we speak a lot on confession and, and our words. So we have new confession cards. Uh, one side's got Wednesday on, Wednesday's confession on it. One side's got Sunday's confession on it. Of course, you can say these throughout the week. You don't have to wait for service to say them. Because these tell you who you are in God and who, and, and, and who he says you are. So if he says you, you are these things and you say them, they have the same powers that he said it. And it's going to start working in your life. So that's why we say these things. Not because we're fruity or flaky or a cult or anything like that, but but because we want we want the blessings of God in our life, and therefore we speak them over ourselves. Praise God! All right. So, and if you didn't get a new card, there's there's they're on the table in in the foyer, and uh, they're nice Easter colors. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's also a new uh, the new. Uh, healing scriptures. Well, they're not new. They're, they're corrected healing scriptures on the table in there as well. It's at 100, 110 instead of 109? Oh my, you found another one, did you? There's plenty more, though. <laughs> All right. Well, they're out there if you, if you want them. Uh, um, how, how many know if, you, if you're struggling with uh, sickness or disease um, or anything like that in your life? Uh, it doesn't have a right to exist in your life. Jesus died on the cross. He, he bore the stripes so that we wouldn't have to go through that. So uh, if we speak those words, again, if we speak those words over ourselves, they have power and they will have an effect. All right. So next, this coming week is the Contending Faith Bible Conference. Uh, me and Pastor Robbie will be going. Uh, if you'd like to get the media, let Pastor Robbie know, and she'll make sure that she gets you a copy of it in whatever format you want. Um, but so we'll be gone this week. Uh, we're still not certain who's 
doing Wednesday night service, but somebody will be doing it. <laughs> All right. And then uh, February 1st is going to start foundations classes on Wednesday nights. Uh, this will be uh, in place of our Wednesday night service, but it's only going to be for, uh, what, about a month and a half? Or about six weeks? Okay. It, it won't be live streamed, and it'll be on Wednesday nights at our normal time, and it'll be about an hour and a half long. And uh, so please come. That we're going to speak on the basic the basics of Christianity that that you need to know to uh, get along. Yep, Bible basics. All right. So and then February fourth is going to be prayer for the nation at eight a.m. How many know the the nation needs prayer and uh, our words are powerful and as long as we speak in line with the Lord and we pray to the Lord and we ask in Jesus name it's going to happen. It's going to make a change in this nation. And if we don't do this, then we get more of the same. Yep. So we have we have a power and authority, but we also have responsibility to do the things that God called us to do. All right. So now, uh, then February 12th, we're going to have our soup and chili fellowship dinner right after service. Praise God. That'll be yummy. Uh, please bring a pot of soup or chili along with any uh, sides that you like to have with your, your chili. Um, the church is going to provide drinks. They'll also have the plates and bowls and spoons and all that stuff. So um, don't, no need to bring any of that stuff. All right. Oh, but uh, um, however, when I say we'll provide drinks, I mean the normal drinks like tea and water. And if you if you if you got to have your Mountain Dew or something, bring that yourself. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I know. Anyways, and then March 4th, again, will be prayer for the nation at 8 a.m. We do that every Saturday, or the first Saturday of every month that we pray we pray for the nation. All right, and then March 10th is youth camp deposits are due. Uh, so, so please get those, get your money in so that we can get those in on time. And uh, we're looking forward to youth camp again this year. And uh, many lives will be changed. I know that's where, that's where I turn my life around for God. When I was in youth camp years and years and years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I <laughs> thanks. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, anyways, let's go to our meditation for this week. So our meditation, um, how many know that to get the word in you, you have to meditate on it, you have to think about it, you have to speak it out of your mouth, you have to um, talk it over with God and go, hey, what's this mean? So our meditation for this week is uh, our in him is Romans 8.2. And I'm going to look, it's in the bulletin in the easy format, but I'm going to look at it in the King James first, just because I want to. <laughs> it says, uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Sounds pretty straightforward, but what does it really mean? Well, in the, in, we have it in the bulletin in the easy format, which it explains it even better for us. It says, if you belong to Jesus, Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, God's Spirit has given you a new life. Awesome. God's Spirit now rules in your life, and he has made you free. All right, I, I can get along with that. Now he says, and sin and death no longer have authority over you. That's awesome, but, but Pastor, how's that? Aren't we just sinners saved by grace? Can't we, can't we, don't we, don't we have to sin? Isn't it in our nature? Well, it, it is in our nature, but when we're born again, we're made a new creature. 
All the old things are passed away. That's why we're forgiven. That's where the grace comes from. They are passed away and they are separated from us. And we are made righteous by Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ. We are made righteous. So that, so at that point, sin and death no longer have authority over us. But we, Jesus gave us the authority. So we have to enforce it. If we don't enforce it, the devil's going to keep coming. He ain't going to stop. He's not going to give you a break. He's not going to give you a free day just because you got saved. He's going to come at you before you get out of the parking lot. He will. But praise God, you have the authority to stop him. Jesus gave us the authority to stop him in his tracks, to tell him that he cannot be in our lives. We could tell him to shut up and get out of our lives in Jesus' name. We don't have to listen to him. And that's where he no longer has the authority over us. We have authority over him. Praise God. So, if, he has, if we have authority over him, then we don't have to do his stuff. We don't have, just because we originally were born of him, we no longer, I know I'm really turning this into a sermon, aren't I? But it, but it, but it hit me this morning, okay? <laughs> All right. It hit me this morning that we need to hear this. We, we need to hear this. We, just because, just because sin is in our face 24-7 doesn't mean we have to go along with it. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And, it, and we can only do that with the authority given to us by Christ. That is the way we stand. And we have to stand continually. It's not, not a one-time, one-and-done thing. So we have to do it continually. So our confession, I belong to Christ. God's Spirit has given me a new life. His Spirit rules in life and has made me free. Sin and death no longer have authority over me. Therefore, I live a sin-free life. Praise God. All right. Now, so... Now we're going to our healing scripture for the week. And I'm not going to go into all that on the healing scripture. Praise God. All right. <laughs> all right. So 2 Timothy uh, 4.18 out of the Amplified uh, is, our new, uh, is, is our healing scripture for this week. And it says, And indeed, the Lord will certainly deliver and draw me to himself from every assault of evil. He will preserve and bring me safe into his heavenly kingdom. Well, you know, it doesn't say specifically healing here, but he's, he's, he's keeping us from evil. And how many knows sickness and disease is, is evil? And he's drawing us to his heavenly kingdom, so it's not going to be there. So, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Which also means so be it. All right. So, our confession. The Lord has delivered me from all evil. He preserves me. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Whew. All right. Sorry to make that so long, but. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, we just love you, Lord. We're happy to be in your presence. We experience the joy and the peace when we come here. We experience it whenever we're in your presence, and we don't have to do it just here, but thank God that you are here and you, you have 
placed me and Robbie here to teach people how to be closer to you, to teach them how much you love them and show them who they are in you. Lord, we endeavor to do that. and We lay ourselves down for you, Lord. We want, to, we want you to use our voices, use our minds, speak the words that you would have us to speak. Speak the words that will touch their hearts and will show them who they are in you, Lord, and, give, and, and arm them with your authority and, and give them your task. Show them what you would have them to do. Not that it comes from us. It comes from you, Lord. We speak your words. And we, we lay ourselves down so that your words can be spoken. Lord, help us to lay ourselves down and to pick you up and to drop our burdens at your feet and not pick them back up. Lord, help us to, to walk in love and walk in compassion and walk in health and prosperity and to be a blessing to everyone we come in contact with and to show your love to everyone we come in contact with, to be a light for you, Lord, because that is our purpose. Lord, we just, we don't ask anything except to, that that you love us and we love you. Lord, we know that you will provide everything for us, that you have made everything possible, and that we will do what you ask us to do. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for, for healing in our lives and the lives of those that we, well, our family and, the, and our friends and those we come in contact with, Lord, because your word says that if we lay our hands on people, they will be healed but we have to do it in your name, and we do. It's for your glory, Lord. Lord, thank you for being with us. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority and no right to be here. Now get out and take your pain and your suffering and everything with you, and don't come back in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for this day. We praise you in Jesus' name. Good morning, disciples. Now let's both do our confession together. <laughs> Good mix, that one. Okay, I still like that one. Okay. All right, all right. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation, a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, and saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen. I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. 
I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, Father, we're here to sing to you. Let this be a sweet, sweet sound to your ears. I believe you gave died to the blood. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there are wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I Your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. I will tell of your wonders, dream of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always. Thank uh-huh. 
our Father God.
worship you. Only you, Lord. We honor you, Father God. Lord. Lord above all, Lord. The King above all kings. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm just listening, waiting on the Holy Ghost. Glory, glory, glory. Father, how do we do it? Thank you, Lord. We'll do just that. You may be seated, but keep that very respectful spot of reverence. There's a very strong anointing. That's the presence and power of God. Uh, the Father wants to uh, declare some things. You got me on the mic up back there? The, the Father wants to declare some things, and more importantly, the Father wants to break some things off of your lives. Uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Uh, and this is where Peter and John, right after Peter and John had uh, performed the miracle and uh, healed the man at the gate beautiful. And uh, the Pharisees, the religious people, were all in a tizzy over it. And uh, they knew that they had had a problem because they had crucified Christ some 40-plus days earlier, and he came back to life and walked the earth in, in physical form for 40 days, of course, in his glorified state. Um, and then he ascended onto heaven. And after he ascended onto heaven, his disciples went to the upper room. And they went into the upper room, and they spent much time in prayer, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit was pulled, poured out upon all flesh, started in the upper room, they got filled with the Holy Ghost and power, and then they went out, because remember Jesus told them, uh, don't depart from Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father, which was the power, and the baptism of fire, the power of the Holy Ghost, in which case then they would be able to go out in his name and do great and mighty works. Well, that's what they did. They were in the upper room. Uh, <clears throat> they, they prayed. They received the Holy Ghost, and then they went out and went to work. That's what they did. And then uh, they were going into the temple. Imagine that. They were going to church. Peter and John were going to church. Do you hear me? Peter and John were going to church. And on their way to church, there was a, there was a, a crippled man. And he was laying at the gate of the, of the church. And he looked upon Peter and John with an expectation to be healed. He looked on them with an expectation to be healed. And, and Peter and John said, uh, silver and gold, I have none. Now, here's what we know. A lot of people want to tell you that Jesus was poor. Jesus was not poor. He was not poor. Jesus was not poor, and Jesus was not homeless. In fact, Jesus had houses. You can prove it out in the Scriptures. I'm not talking about that today, but it can be proved in the Scriptures. Listen, that child was brought frankincense, gold, and myrrh as a two-year-old. Don't you think? Do you think his family wasted that money? That was big money in that day. No, and he was a carpenter. He was actually a master carpenter, which doesn't mean that he put, listen to me, it doesn't mean that he built things with wood. He was a stonemason because that was the land. And so he carved into the stone. How much, you know, when you when you got that type of skill, you get paid well. 
just fed well. No, Jesus wasn't poor, and the disciples were not poor. They were not poor. They had homes. They had houses. They had sufficiency. It just, it just so happened. How many, have you ever gone somewhere and not had cash in your hand? Right? Right? You go somewhere and you don't have any cash in your hand? Does it mean that there's not cash in the bank? No, it just means it's not in your hand. So they didn't have it in their hand that moment. So he said, see, so Peter and John looked upon that, upon that crippled man, and he said, uh, silver and gold I have none, but all that I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Get up and be healed. That man got up and he walked and he was healed. Well, praise God, God used him. Woo, he used Peter and John. How much you know in that moment, Peter and John were feeling real high. In that moment, they were like, yes, what Jesus said was true. Man, this is good news. But then, the old Christians, old religious people, got a hold of them. Got a hold of them. And so you can't be doing that. Who, think, who makes you think that you're so special? What makes you think you can do that? Why do you, what, what are you doing? And they went. Now, in their day, there was great persecution. And basically what happened was they were basically the, the, the religious people. Now, not all Christians. I, let, me, well, let me clarify this. There are people that are stirred by religious spirits, demons, that stir people to be hateful. And these religious spirits had stirred these people to the fact that really what it came down to is if we don't get these people under control, we're going to lose control over the people. That's really what it came down to. Because how much do you know, when you've, when you've experienced slavery and then you experience total freedom in Christ, you're not going back into, into slavery without a fight. No. You ain't doing it. And so, so they knew uh, this is a problem. Um, we're not going to be able to hold the people like we once were able to hold them. Now, <laughs> I said all that to say this in, in, in uh, Acts 4. Uh, let's look at verse 13. Acts 4, verse 13. All right. And let's read on. All right. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. These were, listen, these religious people looked at them and said, well, they ain't been to, they ain't been to Pharisee school. They ain't, been to, they ain't been to Bible school. These are ignorant, uneducated people. But yet they speak with boldness. Yet they seem to know God better than we know God. Something is, But what, what bothered them was the boldness. The boldness. Let's keep going. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. How much do you know? When the miracle's standing right in front of you, what are you going to say against it? Right? When the miracle man is standing right in front of you, when these Pharisees have walked past this man for all the days of his life, and now he's standing on his own two feet for the first time ever, what are you going to say? Oh, they didn't, that's, that, they didn't really heal him. You can't do that. So now, so now what are they going to do? <laughs> now what are they going to do? Oh, but look at what they do. Look at how these demons behave saying, What shall we do to these men? 
For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. Now listen, the, the religious people admitted a notable miracle had occurred. Notable miracles still occur today. They still occur today. We're standing in front of you as notable miracles. My husband cut his foot with a chainsaw. What, 10 years ago? 15? I don't know how many years 20. ago. Some years no, ago. Ten, cut, his, ten, you're right. cut his foot with a chainsaw. They said, this is what they said. They said, well, you'll have this surgery, and then you'll have at least two or three other surgeries. More than likely, you're going to have to shorten your toe. You have more than 110% chance of infection. In fact, you're just guaranteed you're going to get an infection. Uh, you're going to have to wear special shoes, walk with a cane, and, uh, oh, by the way, you're not going to be able to be a firefighter anymore. Well, guess what? We got bold with the word, and we declared the word. And I'm telling you, that was the only surgery he had was the one to clean the wound and close it. That was it. He has total feeling in his foot today. He has movement in his toe today. One year from the date, he went, and he went because he, he cut his foot on this day, and the next day he was supposed to leave for the hot shots. That's an elite firefighting team. Uh, one year to the day, he went back out on fire, and he, and he retired as a wildland firefighter last year. Miracles. Oh, by the way, not, not an infection. We had one day when an infection tried to set up, and I, I mean, I just looked at him and I said, that's it, the devil's had it now. We're declaring the word three times a day. Now, when I say three times a day, we didn't just say, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Oh, that's our three times, you're healed. No. We took those 110 healing scriptures and we read them over him three times a day. That's 130, or 330 times a day we declared the word of God over his body. Amen. And guess what? He's a standing miracle. And it responded. And it responded. I had hands laid on me by a 13-year-old girl who had never prayed for a single person before to deal with peripheral, with tunnel vision. And I do not, by even, it's even on my medical records, I no longer have uh, tunnel vision. Don't have it anymore. A 13-year-old girl who had never prayed a day in her life for anybody to be healed laid her hands on me and prayed, and God healed. And that was at youth camp. And that was at youth camp. We have many other miracles, but I'm just telling you, he's still in the miracle healing. He's still in the miracle working business today. Amen. Let's keep reading. All right. So... It was man made manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no man in this uh, to no man in this in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, every devil you come up to is going to tell you to close your mouth. These were devils operating behind this man, behind these men. And those devils went to those men and said, Shh, close your mouth. Shh, don't talk anymore. Don't teach people about Jesus. Don't say anything about Jesus. Don't quote scriptures. You better keep your mouth shut because, girl, if you say something, I'm going to jump on you and eat you. That's how the devil acts. That's how the devil acts. I'm going to jump on you and I'm going to eat you. The devil ain't going to jump on you and eat you. He ain't got nothing but... Threatening words. Look at how Peter and John replied. <laughs> Glory to God, how you jump without any feet? You can't. Come on, he's been defeated. All right. Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, or to listen to you, more than to God, 
judge yourself. <laughs> Look at how bold Peter and John are. Peter and John said, hmm, should I listen to you, you old devil, or should I listen to the Father God? For well, we should not. These, these are people, Pastor. There's devils operating behind them. Yes. God's, God's trying to break something off of some people. Listen to me. The devil's talking to you. Amen. For we cannot speak, or but speak the things which we have seen and heard. For when they had further threatened them, they let them go. Or so when they had further threatened them, they let them go. Finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men, glorif for all men glorified God for that which was done. Now in their case, the, the, the people that were being influenced by these religious demons were looking at the group of people because, I mean, the church is full. Imagine that, full church. Church was full. And they had all seen the miracle. So they said, well, if we take them and we arrest them uh, for doing this miracle, uh, that's going to be a problem because we're going to have a riot on our hands. But see, the devil will say to you, if you say something, I'm going to take you out. He can't take you out. What can he, If you'll stand up in your righteousness of God, here's nothing he can do to you. There's nothing he can do to you. He's already defeated. So really, what it was, was the demons behind the people couldn't figure out a legal loophole to do something to Peter and John. There's not a legal loophole for them. Now, this sounds crazy, because devils and demons are criminals, really, in the spirit realm. Listen, the spirit realm is real. The spirit realm is real. This realm is temporary. Temporary. If you live out your life from, from birth to, to old age and death, when you leave your physical body, you are immediately going to go into the spirit realm. Immediately. Immediately. The average age, I believe, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly haven't looked in a long time. I know the average age is creeping. Is it probably somewhere in the 70s, 80s? 78 is the average age. Somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, so if you live to be that 78 years in this life is temporary. But when you step out of your physical body, you're stepping into eternity and into eternity. So we've got to get more, we've got to get a deeper understanding that the spirit is real and that we're dealing with spirit things and that this stuff is temporary, temporary. But we've got to learn how to do in this life because when we get to heaven, listen, I think this is so funny. There's so many people that say, well, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I, you know, I, I love every, I, I just love Jesus and I'm going to heaven, but the church just isn't for me. Well, honey, what do you think you're going to do when you get to heaven? You're going to church all day long for all of eternity. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just don't know if that loud praise is, is necessary because I just, I'm just, I'm just a quiet person. Well, honey, heaven is loud. Well, I just prefer they turn off the lights so nobody sees me and turn it up real big and real loud so nobody can hear me. Oh, let me tell you what. I'm taking a side journey here, but it'll be okay. Let me tell you what. We were in, uh, we, we did youth ministry for many, 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 many years. And, uh, we had, we had our youth room all set up. It was awesome. It had all the cool lights and metal on the wall, and it flashed and it flickered. And, you know, it just really satisfied the fleshly senses. I'm just being honest because that was what they thought needed, youth needed. 
And uh, we did this thing on, and uh, so they liked it when the lights were off and their flashlights were on and dance lights were on and what have you. Well, they decided they wanted to worship God that way. And for a season, because that's the way the church was going, for a season we allowed it. But then all of a sudden, one day, in the middle of praise and worship, I believe you were there, and I think maybe you were there, in the middle of praise and worship, uh, one of you said, said, Miss Robbie, I'm going to go turn off the lights. And that, that teenager got about halfway to the light switch, and all of a sudden, by the Holy Ghost, I said, no, you don't. You better get used to praising God in the light because there ain't no darkness anywhere in heaven. And we ain't turned off the lights a day since. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, that's not how you worship me. Devils and demons are in darkness. Darkness. And uh, see, when you understand that you've got God on your side, how'd y'all, how'd y'all take me over there? Who dragged uh, me that way? Who took me that way? Right. Glory to God. These people are in darkness, and uh, but the devil wants. Well, see, the devil just wants you to think that you can't stand up to him. The devil wants you to think that you don't have the ability to stand up to him. But look at what Peter and John, Peter and John were smart enough to say. Hmm, that's where I was going. Peter and John were smart enough to say. Hmm, let me think. What's more important? The teeny bobbers want to dance in the dark during praise and worship or glorifying God the way he deserves to be glorified? Hmm. Amen. What's more important, speaking the truth of God or, or keeping my mouth quiet? Ooh, what's more important, getting the sick healed or, or just letting them go on sick and into the grave? What's more important? See, we've got to understand, eternity and spirit is real. And that's what Peter and John were saying to these people. Listen, it's not that Peter and John were some super superhuman heroes that weren't afraid to die. Remember, Peter was afraid to die. Remember, Peter denied Christ three times at the cross after committing himself to going to the cross with him. Remember, Peter was like, nah, I don't think so, Jesus. Remember when Peter walked on the water and then he, and then he, began, he got his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink and he was like, oh, Jesus. Listen, Peter did fear death. But Peter finally got over to that place where he said, you know what? To God. He finally got to the place where he figured out this flesh was temporary. And that it was time to get his eyes off of man. And so Peter said, "Uh, well, (laughs) it's up to you to decide which is better. But for me and my house, as Joshua would say, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 22. For the man was above 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. I love this. Basically, the devil was murmuring. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. If you speak that name of Jesus, we're going to kill you. If you stand up to us demons, we're going to kill you. We're just going to murder you dead. Most Christians will listen to those words, and they will go into hiding. Most Christians will go into, I can't let anybody know that I'm having health problems. I can't let anybody know that my faith, that I'm struggling in my faith. I can't let anybody know that I'm dealing with depression. I can't let anybody know that I'm dealing with financial problems. I can't let anybody, because if I let them know, then those demons are just going to eat me. Because that's what the devil said. But look what Peter and John did. They went to their own company. 
They went amongst the believers that, they, that God had assigned them to. They went to the church, the, 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 their, their church people, and they said, so we have a problem. These people being stirred by religious demons want to kill us because we, pre, because we performed a miracle and saw a man who was in his 40s be healed. We didn't do it. Jesus did it. They went to their own people, and they told their drama. Now, they didn't tell their drama to every sinner out on the street. They didn't go tell their drama to every non-believer. And they didn't even go to the Christian that has less faith than them. They went to the people that had the same or more faith to them. They went to their own company, and they told them what was going on. And look at how the company responded. Verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy, thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now what did they do? They, when they heard the report, they said, let's handle it in the Spirit. They immediately said, oh, that's what they're saying? Oh, that's what the people are saying? Because they were dealing with people, but they were also dealing with the spirits behind the people. So when the company, when the church heard the report, the church said, well, praise God, let's handle it. Well, praise God, let's handle it. And they immediately lifted their voice. They immediately went to the Lord in prayer together. Because don't you know the word says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm right there in the midst of them. That if two will agree on any, as to touching anything on the earth, I will do it. So guess what? They got in agreement. Yep. And they and then not only did they get in agreement, but they actually prayed according to the way Jesus taught them to pray. First, they gave God some glory. First, they praised God a little bit. Then they did the next. And then the next thing that they did is they put God in remembrance of His word. They quoted Scripture back to God. They quoted Scripture back to God. Then they make their request. Yep, right here in now, verse 29. Now look at their request. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the, thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake by the word of God with boldness. What came on them that allowed them to speak with boldness? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The reason some of you aren't speaking is because you don't have enough Holy Ghost Spirit, Holy Ghost boldness. That's what the Lord said. Standing right there. The Lord said, my anointing is here to impart boldness to my people that are not speaking to the devils. So, if you have, if the devil's been talking to you, if you've been having thoughts, and emotions and issues you've got circumstances if you're in your life and you you know that you're you're not very responding to them because the devil's been psh, 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 come up here we want to pray over you 
Don't be slow. Don't be shy. Come quickly. Come on. Devil's been talking to you, and you ain't been talking back. This isn't our doing. This isn't. This is by the hands of God. Now I want you to understand. It's not my touch or Pastor Mike's touch. That's not our touch. Now you all know me. You know I'm pretty dang bold when it comes to things of God. <laughs> but that's Holy Ghost boldness, because my personality is not that way. That's Holy Ghost boldness. I prayed years ago, Father, give me the boldness to stand against the devil. And buddy, did he help me. And he wants to help you today, too. And so we're going to pray and lay hands on you. If you feel something, fantastic, but it's not about a feeling. You could be a dry, dead whale. You might, you might think, ain't nothing happened. No, you believe and trust by faith that that boldness was implanted on the inside of you. And you just begin to thank God. Father, I thank you for boldness. I'm going to remind you again, this is what they prayed. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. You can say this about these devils and demons and situations. You can say, now, Lord, behold how these devils in these situations are talking to me. And grant unto me, your servant, that with all boldness I will, that I may speak thy word. By stretching forth my hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. So you just go ahead and you just trust and you believe. Close your eyes, don't look at me. You just wait and expect for the Holy Ghost to work. You just wait, expect for the Holy Ghost to work. Now pray this with me. Say, Father God. Give me the boldness. Give me the boldness that I need. That I need to overcome my battle. To overcome my battle. Father. Father. If you'll place the boldness in me. If you'll place the boldness in me. I'll surrender. I'll surrender. I'll yield. I'll yield. I'll do my part. I'll do my part. And I'll speak. And I'll speak. Father. Uh, infuse me. Infuse me with your Holy Ghost boldness. In your Holy Ghost boldness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for boldness. Oh, none. Ha ha. Oh, infusing, 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 infusing. Father, I speak to this sickness in Jesus' name. Father, I break this spirit of sickness. I break this diagnosis of Parkinson's in Jesus' name. I command the body to line up. And, Father, I thank you that Richard will begin to speak with great boldness against it. And, Father, I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his dedication. Now, Father, pour your, pour your spirit in him. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive it. Oh, namashasi. Boldness in the belly. Boldness in the belly. Boldness in the belly. Oh, it's rising, rising, rising. Oh, boldness. Oh, ha, ha, from the toes, from the toes, rising, 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 rising. Oh, boldness. Oh, Renande. Father, boldness, infuser, infuser, infuser. Father, I take authority over these demons that have been dealing in her mind and talking to her, and I command them to release her, and I command her, command them to release her and let her go in Jesus' name. Now, Father... Not only boldness, but confidence. And confidence. Confidence. Speak it, honey. 
Sunde Hashiki Ishundende. Aha, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. That's it. That's it. Right there. It's right there. Boldness. 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 Ha ha. Ha ha. Boldness. 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 I hear the Lord say, Son, you know what to say. But for whatever reason, you won't yield your tongue. Make the decision. Make the choice that you're just going to go ahead and begin to speak and begin to say. For that that you know to say isn't wrong, but it's right. For it's my word and it's my will and it's my way. So trust me and I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And you just begin to speak those things. Ha. Oh. Ande. But Lord, but Lord, when I try to speak, my tongue gets tied. Oh, when I try to speak, my tongue gets tied. Son, speak through it. Fight through it. Speak through it. Speak through it. I'm with you. It doesn't matter if it's a stumble. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a if it's just kind of a rocky road. Just speak the words. And as you do, your speech will become plain and clear. In Jesus' name. Oh, Nande, Father, boldness is not a problem. Righteous boldness is the issue. Father, we want righteous boldness. Righteous boldness. Righteous boldness. Righteous boldness. Righteous boldness. Rising up on the inside. Flowing, flowing, flowing. Being led by my spirit, daughter. Being led by my spirit. Declare and speak my word instead of declaring and speaking the things of this world. In fact, when you notice your tongue is speaking the wrong things, boldly in front of people, correct it. Boldly declare the right thing. Stop yourself in mid-sentence and say that that I say. And that boldness will begin to flow out of the spirit. Oh, namashikishandende. An impartation of boldness. Oh, an impartation. <laughs> oh, I hear the Spirit say, you think you're bold now? Just hold on, girl. Oh, the washing of the word, the changing of the thinking will bring great victory in your life. Boldness, boldness, boldness in Jesus' name. Ah, boldness to stand. Boldness to stand. Oh, namashiki isha. Ha ha. Boldness to stand. Boldness to speak. Boldness to stay. Oh, ki isha nama asiki isha de. Ande ashati. Rising up from the feet. It's gonna. It's just rising. It's just bubbling. It's down there by the toes, but it's rising. It's rising. Oh, namashiki isha nande. Boldness, Father. Boldness to declare. Boldness to stand. Mm. I've placed things in you that you have said, oh, that's just me. Those are my thoughts. But no, daughter, they're mine. I'm putting things in you because I need you to pray and I need you to speak and I need you to stand. And yes, some of those things seem overwhelming and intimidating, but you can't stick your head in the sand 
and say, no, that's just my head. No, begin to deal with them in the spirit. And as you begin to deal with them in the spirit, I'll show you what's you and what's right. Boldness, Father, boldness, 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 Father God. Boldness in Jesus' name. Father, boldness, boldness. <laughs> there it is, boldness, boldness. Just infuse him with it, Father. Father, I thank you for boldness being infused in Jesus' name. Oh, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Oh, oh, a fresh infusion. Just get ready to receive, honey. Boldness. Boldness. Uh, boldness to lay hands to heal. Boldness to declare the word. Boldness to teach. For you do it in private and you do it well, my son. But now it's time. Now it's time to step into that full place and into that full office for boldness is in you, and boldness shall come out of you. Pray over Richard for healing. Tremors, we command you to stop in the name of Jesus. You don't have any right to exist in this body. You must leave and you must flee in Jesus' name. He is forgiven of the Lord. He is healed and whole and he will walk in that healing. And he will walk in that wholeness for the rest of his life. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He is healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' mighty name, this I command in Jesus' name. Mr. Richard, whenever that starts, you say out of your mouth, in Jesus' name, I don't receive it. You say it every time. I'm telling you, it's in my spirit. I can't. We're going to see you set free, honey. We're going to see it. I promise. I... Oh, the compassion of God. I'm telling you, that compassion of God, every miracle that Jesus ever did, he did with compassion. He did it with compassion. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he wants his people set free. What blocks us sometimes is our own thinking. What blocks us a lot of times is what, is what we hear from the doctors. What blocks us a lot of times is how our body talks to us. This is why we've got to get the spiritual mind. Amen. This is why we've got, to be, we've got to see things from the spirit standpoint. There is no sickness in heaven. And if we are the temple of God, if God lives on the inside of us as the word tells us he does, then no sickness has its right to touch our physical body. Yes, there's death and sickness in this world, but if we'll live clean, if we'll live right, if we'll stand on the word, if we'll declare the word, if we'll speak, then God will show up. We have to do our part. So often people will say, I'm just waiting on God. No, God's waiting on you. You have to do your part. Glory to God. And then we have to give the credit to the Lord. Yes. Or to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Whichever is pertinent. Yes. So earlier uh, when I was doing the announcements and I said that, that I was changing things because I wanted to, that's not correct. <laughs> I have that's to right. apologize to you and to the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit because I was doing what the Holy Spirit was telling that's me. That's right. And... and so that was the Spirit talking, not me. Glory and, to God. And I, in my error, I took credit That's right. by saying it was my idea, and it was not. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Well, 
Where do we go from here, Lord? All right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, normally I have a sermon prepared. But, you know, the Holy Ghost doesn't always give it to me. Uh, I was I was harassing Brianna earlier. I said, well, she didn't get me all stirred up last night, so I didn't have a sermon. <laughs> if you've been in the house a while, you understand that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. I've actually learned that when uh, when it's time to do a sermon or a service and the Holy Ghost is just crickets, it's because one of two things. Either people don't have an expectation or the Holy Ghost says, if I show you the plan, you're going to mess it up. It's one of the two. So I, I just, we'll just say them that I, I was going to mess it up. We'll just go with that. Um, let's pray and we'll we'll get into some things in the word and see which way the Lord leads us. How's that sound? Sounds good. We'll pray. Okay. <laughs> Put him on the spot. Let him pray. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, thank we you, thank Lord. you for, for your healing power. We thank you for thank giving you, us Father. the boldness to speak, Lord, the boldness to stand against the devil and to, and to enforce your authority, the authority that you gave us, the authority that, that helps us to do all things, the, thing, the authority that gives us the ability to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, we thank you for this, and we thank you that you were giving us the words that need to be spoken that, that you, are Lord. just right for here and now, for the people here and for those listening online. We, you, we will give you the glory and the honor, Lord, in Jesus' yes. name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, I remember when my prior pastor, he called me on the phone one day, and he said, Hey! I said, Yeah, what's up, Pastor? He said, you ready to get rid of that asthma yet? I said, do what? He said, that asthma. He said, are you, ready? are you tired of it? Are you ready to get rid of it yet? And I said, well, yeah, that'd be a good thing to do. And uh, he said, well, I got some scriptures for you. And I said, well, okay. He said, he said, well, here, let me read some of them to you. And he read me this one and that one and the other one, and, and none of them really landed. He said, now this one, he said, I don't really get it, but maybe it'll do something for you. And I said, okay. He said, this scripture, and I, the reference is out of my mind. At the, I don't, the Holy Spirit will bring the actual reference to me. But the scripture said this. It said, incline thine ear at my breath. Incline thine ear at my breath. And when he said those words, I said, that's it. That's the one. He said, what do you mean that's the one? He said, that don't even make any sense. I said, oh, no, Pastor. I said, that one makes a lot of sense. He said, why is that? I said, because when you have an asthma attack, you can literally hear yourself suffocating. You can literally hear in your physical ears, in your head, you can literally hear yourself suffocating. I said, so if I, when an asthma attack hits, if I will put my ears on him instead of the lying symptoms in my body, it'll help me. Amen. So every time that I would begin to wheeze or something would happen, I would just begin to quote that scripture. Father, I incline my ears to your breath. Father, I listen to your breath. Father, for your breath is strong and steady and there's no weakness in it. I would meditate on it and I would speak it. And I'd speak it. And I'd speak it. And as it got down on the inside, healing came. Healing came. Technically, on my medical records, I still have asthma, but I don't ever use my inhalers. I don't ever have an attack. I don't ever have issues. I really don't. In fact, my, in fact, you know, if you have to go do something, you have to list your medications. And they're like, 
uh, what medicines do you have? And I'm like, well, I have this inhaler and I have that inhaler. Well, how often do you use it? And I'm like, never. And I always get the lecture. Well, you know, this one's a bronchodilator and you have to take it every 12 hours for it to actually do anything. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And they just, they just kind of shake their head at me, but it's okay. You know, I'm like, <laughs> whatever. So I said that. It's a little side journey while you found yourself to First Thessalonians. Thessalonians 5. Uh, let's look at verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5:23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, uh, the writer tells us um, that he is praying and asking that God uh, would, he said, I pray, God, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that all scripture, and I'll show it to you in a minute, that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Yes, Man physically put his pen, his hand on a pen and put pen to paper. Yes, man actually did that. Not going to argue that a bit. Uh, there's 66 letters written over a span of about 2,000 years. And every single one of them was written by a man but, or a woman. Or about a woman, I should say it that way. About a woman. Um, but, they wrote them, but they wrote them at the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. At the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And so the, 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 so in this verse, the Holy Spirit said, pray that you would be preserved, spirit, soul, body. Well, that's why spirit, why soul, why body, and what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, let's look at this. Our body is this thing right here that we all see. It houses our spirit, and our soul. It houses our spirit and our soul. And it temporarily houses us. If we do the full expected lifespan of what's currently figured about 78 years old, then we, we have this body for that period of time. Some people have their houses shorter times. Some people have their houses longer times. But it's the house of the spirit and the soul. And it's made of dirt. Yes. And it's made of dirt. Science even proves it. It's made up of the same chemicals that dirt's made of, you know. Carbon and water and all that stuff. Just the way God created okay. us, from the dirt. That's right. From the dirt we came and from the dirt we will the return. The physical body will go back to until we all receive our glorified bodies. Until we receive our glorified bodies. So we've got a body. We also have a soul. What is the soul? That's our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions. It's our personality, really. It's our thoughts, feelings, and personality. Emotions. Now, uh... Your soul can be influenced by what the body experiences, and it can also be influenced by what the spirit experiences, okay? When you leave your physical house, your soul, your soul will go with you. Your soul goes. The Bible clearly says that we will all recognize each other in heaven. But it also says that all the sorrows will be wiped away. So the pains, the hurts, the sorrows won't go because God's going to cleanse those from us, okay? But our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, your spirit has thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I can be 
fine in the flesh one minute. I mean, I can be, my, my, my physical body may be completely fine, but my spirit may be grieved. My body may be, you know, just having a day of it and sore and achy and complainy and fussy, but my spirit can be at total peace and just, whew, good. So we're really, so, so, and then your spirit is the eternal part of you. That's the part of you that's going to live for eternity. That's the part that's going up and go, or going down. That's the part that's either going to go to heaven or go to hell. And your soul is going to go in, in tow with it. But it's the spirit that makes the, the deciding factor. It's the spirit. Okay? So God wants us to know that we're spirit, soul, and body. And, and unlike the flesh or our bodies, the spirit is eternal. That's right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to live forever. That's right. I mean... Even the Bible says that this this existence here on, on the physical plane is only temporary. It's temporary. The, the, it says that all of creation will pass away. Right. All of creation. Not just us, but all of it. So even if by some miracle you were, or, or curse, you were able to live forever in your physical body, that is still only temporary. This the the physical plane that we live in that God created will pass away. That's right. And then we and then so it's that's it's not forever. Right. The, the eternal is in the spirit only. Go to uh, we're right here in Thessalonians. Just turn a couple pages over to Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three, and verse sixteen. We want to support some things with the scriptures. And I know you're going to say, well, Pastor, a lot of this is basic. Yeah, I know. It's basic because we, we don't know it like we ought. Verse 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. Everything in this book is given by the inspiration of God. Okay? And it says, and is profitable for doctrine, which means teaching, for reproof, which means hard correction, that's when we get those ouch hallelujahs. For regular correction, it goes, oh, okay. Um, and for instructions in righteousness. The purpose of these 66 books is to teach you and I how to live the life that Jesus came to give us. He, these books are written to help us to learn how to live the correct way. That's what these are all about. How to stay in fellowship with God and out of the hands of our enemy, Satan, and his demons. In verse 17, it says that the man of God may be perfect. Now, a lot of people all get torn up with that. Well, nobody can be perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fouls up. Well, of course, we're all sinners. We've all missed it. But when you come into Christ, you stop being a sinner and you become the righteousness of God. And then when you do mess it, you repent. He said... Um, that the man of God may be mature would be a, no, a better way of saying it. How much do you know little children are not mature? How much do you know the things that you got away with as a small child, you are not getting away with as an adult? How much do you know if, uh, if uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean or rude or anything, but if, a, if a, an infant, a toddler, they need to have their diapers changed. Right. The teenagers, the 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, without having some medical condition, you know, up through the year, you, sh you shouldn't have to have your diaper changed. No. You know, in, in your adult years. Now, I'm not being, don't take that the wrong way if you got, you know, but you see what I'm saying? 
We've got to grow up. How much do you know? The little kid can throw the tantrum in the, in the, in the toy aisle at the store, and <clears throat> mom and dad will correct them. But if you're in a grown adult and you're laying in the middle of the store kicking your feet and waving your arms and screaming, I want the toy, I want the toy, how much do you know? You have not matured. And they're probably going to call the cops or the pa- or the or the security so, or, or somebody, right? How much do you know? If our physical body is supposed to mature, so is our spirit. Yes. So is our soul. We're supposed to mature in some things. So that's what the word is there for: is to help us grow and to help us mature. Now, I want you to go to Second Peter, a couple more pages over, chapter one. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse uh, 19 through 21. All right. Still hear some pages turning. Yep. Second Peter. All right. Chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, or listen to, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Well, the day star is Jesus. Yeah, that's the another day star name is for Jesus. Jesus. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Keep going. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Prophecy means spirit-spoken word by inspiration of the moment. Spirit-spoken word, prophecy. It means when you speak by the sudden inspiration of God, by the sudden inspiration of the Spirit. So basically what they're saying is if somebody gives you a prophecy, like we laid hands on people and we gave some people some words, if the word given is not backed up in the scriptures, then the word is false. And people are human. I'm human. I can miss it. I can mishear it. So when you have a word spoken over you, you go find scripture that backs up what was spoken. Backs it up. Okay? So what he's saying here, now notice it says that the prophecy, the spirit spoken word, came not in the old time, talking about the old covenant, by the will of man. In other words, man didn't make this stuff up. But instead, it came by holy men of God that spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So Moses, Isaiah, Ezekiel, David, the prophets, when the, when the, the things that they spoke, the things that they wrote, they did it because they did it by the Spirit uh, inspiring them we today do the things inspired by the holy ghost Uh, but it all needs to line up with the word jesus is the word made flesh go to john 1 just a couple of pages over or did you mean big john big john big john okay big john big john all right. For, so, Big John, the Gospel of John, St. John, chapter 1, verse 14, says this. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word made flesh. 
The Bible is the living word of God. The Bible is not like any other book set on your shelf. And it's always true in the final authority. Always true. It's always the final authority. It's always speaking. You can, you can, I mean, uh, I think the kids heard Pastor Mike and I in the office, and they said, hey, we went in on the laughing because I was reading the scripture, and I went, ha, ha. And, pa- and my, Pastor Mike looked at me, and he said, did you find something good? I said, well, it's the Bible. And he said, well, of course it's good. <laughs> he said, but I meant like something, like you got a new, you, you got a revelation, like something that stood out that you. I mean, you know, we read the word all the time, but all of a sudden something will hit. And it'll just be like, aha, why does that happen? Because it's because the word is Jesus. And Jesus is constantly speaking to us through his word. Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Just laying some foundations here for you. Somebody stole my Hebrews. Oh, I know why. Hebrews chapter 4. I said, somebody stole my Hebrews. Because you didn't make the coffee. Because I didn't make the coffee. No, I don't ever make the coffee. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Verse 4, 12. 12. All right. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder or part or parting of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Another translation reads this verse this way. The word of God is alive and active. Is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, which is the flesh, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you'll get into the Word and you'll spend time in the Word, if you'll let the Word work on you, if you'll think of the Word as something more than just a book on a shelf, the Word will help you begin to see what is flesh, what is spirit, what is soul. He'll begin to help you to see what is, what is uh, just your head, just you, just you being you. How much you know we can all just be us? Amen. You know, all of us can just be us. But sometimes uh, we can have things going and stirring on the inside that's spirit. And sometimes we can have things stirring on the inside of us uh, that's just our flesh. Just, just the flesh wanting to, you know, somebody gets on your nerves, somebody cuts you off in traffic, how much you know in that moment? Flesh. Flesh in that moment, right? How much you know? You're in the grocery store and you're trying to hurry and all, you run to the registers, you know, because you're trying to rush and everybody's got a buggy load. And there's like three cashiers. How much do you know in that moment? Flesh, right? But if you'll sit and listen to the word, if you'll let the word work on the inside of you, immediately when that flesh flares up, that word on the inside of you will say, hey, calm down. Take a deep breath. Maybe you're not the only one in a hurry. Don't you know that I know what your time schedule is? Why don't you ask me to recoup your time? What's that doing? The word is slicing and cutting and making a way for the Spirit, for the Father to have his way in you, in you. So the Word is, the word is alive and the Word is active, and it's, and it's helping to separate these different parts of us. Um, and this is why we confess the Word. This is why we speak the Word. Go back to John. Let's go back to John. The pastor preached part of the sermon. Uh-oh. <laughs> this morning, but that's okay. 
go to John and uh, chapter 12, John 12, glory to God, all right, glory to God, active and listening, John 12, 44, we'll start right here. Normally, I like to back up, but I don't want to back up right here. I just want to hear what Jesus has to say. All right. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. So Jesus said this. He said, If you believe in me, if you believe that I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of God, I'm the Savior of the world, it's not me that you're believing in. It's, it's the God. Father God, the God. The Father who sent me. If you see me, like you, then you're, it's not you, it's not Jesus that we're seeing, it's the Father God. So many people want to receive God and reject Christ. Or they want to receive Christ and reject God. Or they want God and they want Jesus, but they don't want the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. They're all one. How much do you know? You can't receive my spirit and hate my flesh. You can't receive my soul, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and be like, but I don't want anything to do with your spirit and your flesh. Everywhere I go, they go. You can't separate the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And you can't separate us from the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Although the devil sure does try. Let's keep going. All right. 46. I am come a light unto the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Listen. He doesn't want us living confused and without answers. He doesn't. Jesus does not want us living confused and without answers. Jesus wants us to know why bad things happen. I'm going to shock somebody. I'm going to shock you. I can tell you why bad things happen. You ready? You want to know why bad things happen? I'm going to tell you why bad things happen. Bad things happen because God is not in control. If God was in control, everybody would be in church. If God was in control, everybody would be a tither and a giver. Everybody if God was saved. in control, there would be no sin in the world. But God is not in control. First uh, Corinthians tells us, uh, I believe it's chapter 4, uh, tells us that Satan is the God of this world. Mm -hmm. He's the God of this world. When did he become the God of this world? He became the God of this world when he convinced, when he, when he uh, tricked, when he deceived Eve and Adam. Now, we all quick to say, well, he deceived Eve. Well, guess what? Adam was right there because she took the fruit and handed it to him. He, Adam was right there, which is why Adam had the bigger punishment, because he did not exercise marital uh, dominion over his wife, and he didn't stand up and say, uh, no, wife, don't do that. Listen, you husbands, you get your wives in trouble sometimes by not standing up. Sometimes. And at other times, husbands, you get yourselves in trouble because you won't listen to her because she's your helpmate, and you just don't want to be told what to do. Man, it got quiet in this Pentecostal house. <laughs> and sometimes we get in trouble because we stand up to our wives. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, that list landed like, like, there's no bounce to that at all. Either case. No, Eve, Eve and Adam were both there. And the serpent deceived them both. And because of that, the lease to the earth was given to Satan and his dominion and his demons. However, well, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? To get the power and authority back. 
He had to pay the penalty. He paid the ransom. We're a peculiar people. You know why we're peculiar? Because we're bought with the blood of a king. The king. That's what that word peculiar means. It doesn't mean we are the weird works, different works. But really what it means, when you really get down into it, you really dissect that word peculiar, it means that I have been purchased with the very expensive blood of the highest ruler of all. That's what it means. The precious blood of Jesus has bought me from the grasp of Satan and hell. Praise God, I am peculiar. Glory to God. And I receive it with everything in me. Glory to God. I am peculiar. So So now, did God send Jesus to the cross? Nope. Chose it. Now, Father required a blood sacrifice because that's, Life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. Your life, the flow of life is in our blood. So in order to obtain a life, which is blood, you have to pay. The only thing that will pay for blood is blood. So Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the second part of the Trinity, by choice, by choice, left heaven, left his heavenly throne, by choice, came as a baby to live on the earth as a man because that's the only legal way he could do it because man has ownership of the earth no wait huh genesis chapter one genesis chapter one hold your place in john because we ain't got done talking about that yet hold your place in john genesis chapter one well this feels like this is all over the place well the holy ghost is trying to help a whole lot of people amen Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, 28. We should know these by heart. We should be able to recite them. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now pause. Said, And God said, who's God talking to? Can't be talking to the angels because the angels and God aren't like, aren't like each other. The angels are very different. He's talking to Jesus and the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost are talking to one another. They're separate, but yet they're one. And they're talking to each other. And they said, hey, let's make man or mankind in our image. So let me think. Father, that's one. Jesus, that's two. Holy Ghost, that's three. That's three. Us, body, soul, spirit, that's three. Hmm. Three-part being, right? Three-part being for the Father, right? Is that like his image? Yep. Okay, cool. We've established that. Now, uh, let's establish a couple other ways that we're liking. Right. Keep reading. All right. So it says colon there. So we know that what comes after this is, mean, is part of what he was saying there. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Hmm. Is God a ruler? In fact, when you look up the word God in the original Hebrew... And when you look that word up in the original language, it literally means God's rulers, judges, Elohim. That's the definition. God's, plural, rulers, plural, judges, plural. So when you say Elohim, you're saying Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And you're saying ruler, judge, king. That's what you're saying when you say God. All right. Let's keep going. All right. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. 
male and female created he them. Why? Now, is God half man and half woman? Is God sexually confused? No. God is man. The scripture is very clear that God is a man. Calls him a father. Doesn't call him a mother. Calls him a father. Calls him a he. Doesn't call him an it. Doesn't call him concerned. Doesn't call him a male in one book and a female in the next. All the way through, all 66 books, God is male. Amen. Jesus is male all the way through. The Holy Ghost is not an it. It's a him. That's, that's the way it is. Well, then why are we male and female? Well, the clue is in the next verse. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So why do we have to have male and female? Procreation. That's the only way we can be fruitful and multiply. Every single creature on the earth, plants included, are male and female. Oh, now, Pastor, what about those asexual hermaphrodite blah, blah, blahs? Those are because of the curse. That's because of the corruption of the world. Things have been twisted out of shape and out of place. But the majority of the situation is male, female. If you don't have a, if you don't have a cow and a bull, you ain't getting no baby cow. If you don't have a stallion and a mare, you're not getting a baby horse. If you don't have a rooster and a hen, you ain't getting a chicken. And if you don't have a man and a woman, you are not getting a human. Period. It takes two of opposite sex. Glory to God. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to teach you what the God's design. I'm not being mean. You all know I have great compassion for people that have these issues and that I'll deal with the devil's in them if they'll allow it. All right. Now, look at verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And that included man. God's original creation was very good. And, and by man, I mean mankind. Mankind. When you see that word man, it means the word mankind. In fact, Adam's name is translated to mankind. Now jump over to chapter 3. So we know in the beginning everything was very good. We know in the beginning that, uh, that man had dominion, God had dominion. Because we were talking about why did Jesus have to come through the womb of a woman? Jesus had to come through the womb of a woman because God gave dominion to man. So God no longer has legal right to the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, he took the... He took the world and he said here mankind here's my gift now you take rule of it and you have dominion of it so now mankind is the god of this world in genesis 1 but look at what happens in genesis 3 verse 1 genesis 3 verse 1 now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yes are ye ye have Ye have God, yes, ye have God, God said, said. <laughs> ye <laughs> shall God. not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, there's a whole teaching in there I ain't got time for. But basically, he deceived her. Right. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, touch it lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. You know what? The devil's been a liar from the beginning. 
You've been alive from that. Oh, God knows if you touch that tree, it's not going to kill you. And the indication is when you go back and you look at the original language, the indication is, is the serpent backed her under a tree and said, see, you didn't die. And she went, huh. See, the devil, this is why you cannot, this is why you cannot, with these thoughts in your head, you cannot commune with them. You cannot debate them. The devil will out-debate you. He will twist everything. You've got to know what the Word of God says, and that's what you stand on. You've got to stand on what the Word says. Do you know that that Satan came to Jesus with the Word, and he twisted it just enough, just enough, that everybody went, oh, see, Satan quoted the Word. No, he quoted, he misquoted the Word, actually. And we've showed that to you in times past, where he actually misquoted the word. But what, now, did Jesus say, oh, now, Satan, you misquoted that? He didn't get into a debate with him. He said, Satan, it is written. And he quoted the word right back to him. He just quoted the word right back to him. See, we've got to quote the word back. We've got to say what God says. We've got to say what God says. So skip on down through here. So the devil said you're not going to die. Well, a lot of people will say, well, they didn't die. Well, no, they died spiritually. The moment that you partake in sin, now let me just let me define sin. Sin is choosing to do wrong when you know to do right. Missing the mark of God. Okay? Little children are born guiltless of any sin because they've not done anything wrong. Little children, if for some reason something happens and a little child dies, guess what? They go immediately to heaven. Immediately. It's a total victory for them. Horrible loss for those behind, but it's a total win for them. They go immediately to heaven because they don't know the difference between right and wrong. But as we grow and we learn right from wrong, we learn what's wrong. As we, as we choose to do wrong, we open the door to Satan. And we begin, and we begin, we begin the process of dying to God. That's really what we do. When we choose to do wrong... And don't immediately repent. Our spirits are immediately cut from heaven or from the Father. Let's, in fact, well, let's read on so we can see where this happens. What verse are we in? I messed you up. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> I said we were going to skip ahead and we weren't. Uh, verse 5. Verse 5. Okay. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Notice it's a little g God. Little g God. That makes a big difference. Basically, he was saying, you're going to become like one of us. That's what he says. All right, keep going. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. See, he was right there. doesn't say that she took it and ran it to him. It says that she took it and handed it to him. He was right there. All right, keep going. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Like he didn't know. So the moment that Adam and Eve, she didn't sin when she touched the apple, touched the tree or fruit, whatever it was. A lot of people think it was an apple. 
touching the tree didn't, wasn't sin. Picking the fruit wasn't sin. Taking the bite of the fruit wasn't sin. How much you know? You can bite it, spit it out. Did you eat it? Nope. Chewing it up. Was that sin? Nope. Swallowing it. But this is how sin gets you. This is how, It starts with a thought. And you think on it. And you think on it. And you're chewing on it. And you're chewing on it. And then you begin to take the action. And then you stop and you go, no, I'm not going to do that. Still haven't sinned. But eventually you actually take the action and that's the moment that you sin. And the moment that they sinned, it says that their eyes were opened. The moment that they sinned, they knew immediately what, it, what, what was their eyes open to, that they were cut off from God. Immediately they became aware of darkness that surrounded them. Immediately they became aware that their eternity is, their safe eternity has been broken. Immediately they knew that their, it says that they were naked. That they, now, a lot of people think that Adam and Eve ran around the garden naked. No, they didn't. They were dressed in the clothes of, they were dressed in the glory of God. They were dressed in the glory of God. But you can't have, you can't be one with darkness and be clothed in the glory of God. So the moment that they swallowed that, that, that fruit, that moment that they swallowed that, that glory that they were clothed in was suddenly gone. And they went, uh, this is not pretty, and this is not okay, and this is, we need some, we need some covering, we need some fig leaves. Well, we need something. So he immediately, so immediately they knew, and they knew that they were, and because they knew, we can't sense God. They knew that God couldn't sense them. And so when they heard God coming in the garden and walking, they hid, because they thought, oh, God's going to be mad. How much you know when we get when we do something wrong, we immediately are overtaken with God's going to be mad. But how did our Father show up? The Father showed up and said, "Where art thou?" When you separate from God, God's going, "Hello, where are you?" He goes immediately looking for you. Don't you know Jesus said that God will leave the ninety-nine for the one? The Father goes immediately looking for you. And they said, "Oh, but Father, we're naked." And He said, "Who told you you were naked?" God was not mad at them. He was mad at the devil. He said, who bewildered you? Who did this to you? Because the father knew exactly what had happened. And the father knew exactly what this meant. He meant that the world no longer belonged to his mankind. This world now belonged to the devil and demons. This meant that the mankind was put on the earth to rule and reign over devils and demons. And now the devils and demons were going to rule over mankind. And so God knew immediately, immediately. And so spiritually that day, Adam and Eve were cut off from the Father. And when you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, after you've reached the age of accountability, once you've learned right from wrong, then you're cut off. I'm going to tell you what cut off feels like. And I know most of y'all in here know what cut off feels like. Cut off feels like there's an emptiness on the inside. Cut off feels like there's a void. Cut off feels like... Something's just not right. Cutoff feels like there's just, oh, there's a darkness in the inside. Cutoff feels like there's something that just, you just can't. Darkness feels like death on the inside. I saw, I saw somebody the other day had a shirt on, and I mean, I just, tears, walking a little girl. 
and she had this shirt on it, had a big skull on it, Day of the Dead skull on it, and it said, dead inside, but caffeinated. I said, oh, dear Lord in heaven, she has no idea what that shirt says. That shirt says she's cut off from God. She's headed for hell. According to the shirt. I'm not making a determination of her heart. I'm saying according to what the shirt declared, dead on the inside, cut off from God. Something's void. Something's missing. And the only way to break that void, the only way to break that something, the only way to get life and light back on the inside is to get back in fellowship with God, which means you've got to get the sin out of your life. Well, we in our own might, power, and ability can't get it. So many people want to get clean before they come to the Father, and they never succeed because it's impossible, because the devil is influencing the flesh, and you don't have the power in you to overcome that influence. Oh, but thank God. If you go down here through the scriptures, I don't have time to read them all, but if you go down and you finish this chapter, it says that the Father spoke to man spoke to Adam and said, Adam, because you did this thing, your punishment will, you, will be that you will toil the ground all the days of your life, and you will sweat, and you're going to sweat. But guess what? We still, take, we still toil the ground. We still grow. We still sweat. We still labor. He said, to, he said to Eve, he said, Eve, he said, from this day forward, you'll have uh, pains and labors in childbirth. You'll know much sorrow. In other words, physical pain in childbirth. There's a whole other theory in there, but I'm not going to go there right now. But it was a punishment. Or I shouldn't say a punishment. It was the consequence. It was the consequence. Because she was no, she was no longer able to uh, <clears throat> divinely birth children by the power of God. Adam was no longer able to, uh, to receive the provision of the, of the ground because the ground was now cursed. And thorns and thistles come up from the ground now. That's when thorns and thistles. Listen, I love my rose bushes, but my rose bushes are not very good. They like to bite me. Right? God did not create them that way. He didn't create them that way. That came with the curse. Glory to God. But the, and then he said, but he said this to the enemy. He said this to Satan. He said, there's going to be enmity, extreme hatred between your seed and my seed. In other words, when a child is born, there's a, there's a, there in the DNA, written in the DNA, is this, this desire to do wrong when they know to do right. Do you know you don't have to teach a child how to lie? You have to teach them how not to lie. You know you have to teach, you don't have to teach a child how not to share. They're greedy by instinct. You have to teach them to share. You don't have to teach a child how to be kind and lovey to small animals because well, they're just not unless you teach them to be. You know, my sister, when, they, when she was little, they got her a duck for Easter one year. I don't know how that duck survived. She carried that duck around by his neck. Literally. She'd just grab him by the neck, pick him up, and, like, his little feet are dangling, and he's, like, kicking, and she's just like, and I'm like, what did you do? In fact, I don't know that he did live, to be honest. I just remember her walking around with that duck thinking, he's going to die any minute now. How much you know? You had to teach her to be nice to the duck. You don't have, see, that's that, that's that seed of Satan to do wrong when you know to do right. But also inside is a living spirit. And that living spirit overrides that will to do wrong when you know to do right for a season. But eventually, 
that no, that desire to do wrong will override that spirit because, well, quite frankly, as Christians, we fail our children. We fail to teach them that they're spirits. We fail to teach them how to overcome. We fail to teach them about the spirit realm. We spend so much time teaching them about the flesh realm that most people don't even know they're a spirit. So we fail them. And so they get over there in the devil's territory. But God said, he said, yep. He said, Satan, he said, yep, you've caused this problem in my people. He said, but there's one coming. And yeah, you're going to bruise his heel. But he's going to crush your head. And who was that that was coming? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. And because it was the Lord Jesus that was coming, see, he came. See, way back there in the garden, Jesus already said, Father, I'll go. Way back there, there was already a plan. Because nowhere in here does it, does it say that God went to, went to uh, Adam and Eve and said, hmm, well, let me ponder on this and think on this a while. Let me see how I can get you out of this mess. He had the plan immediately. He immediately said, Satan, there's one coming. There's one coming. Yeah, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. And I'm telling you what, I've always wondered about that, but then I heard about what uh, <clears throat> Ed Dufresne, Reverend Ed Dufresne saw in the Spirit, where the, when the Spirit came into hell and, said, and, and brought Jesus back to life and said, Son, get up. And Jesus walked out of, that, out of that prison cell and walked right up to Satan. This is what Reverend Ed Dufresne saw in the Spirit. He saw, this, he saw Jesus lay. Do you know that Jesus went to hell for you? He went into the grave for you. He did. He went for you so you don't have to go. See, so many people say, well, the Father God, oh, your God sends people to hell. No, he doesn't. You go by choice. You go by choice. The world is declaring the glory of God. All you got to do is take a walk outside and say, that didn't just come from a magical puddle. All you got to do is walk outside. All you got to do, there's churches on every corner, literally, here. There's churches everywhere. There's signs up about Jesus everywhere. You get on the internet, you can find Jesus. Jesus is calling out, and yet people will say, well, Father God sends people to hell. No, you choose. It's your choice. Remember I told you my aunt told you about her death situation? Remember, remember she moved down here a few months before she went home to glory? And the whole time she was here, she was just telling me she didn't believe about God. Well, she believed that there was something, maybe it was aliens or something. She didn't know. There was some force out there, but she didn't believe it was God. Come down to it, she said, I just can't, I just can't get behind a God that would send, her son, send his son to the cross. I said, he didn't, I said, God didn't send him to the cross. He sent himself. Ah, oh, that's a bunch of blowing. I mean, just ugly. Got into believing all kinds of stupid stuff. Well, then... She fell, ended up in the hospital with her hip all out of place and all kinds of problems. And remember they accidentally overdosed her on pain medicine because they didn't understand that we have a, 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 an allergy and they had to Narcan her. And then thank God for Narcan because had they not had the Narcan, she would have gone to hell that day. But see, they Narcan her and she came back, but then she went to the nursing home for rehab for several weeks. And mom called me one day, and she said, I need you to get here, and I need you to get here quick. And I said, what? What's going on? She said, there's demons in this room. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I'm telling you, Jan's telling me about these demons, and she's freaking out, and I need some spiritual backup. I said, okay, I'm on my way. 
So I got there, Michael and I got there as fast as we could, and I sat with Mom, and she was telling me what was going on. My aunt, she, my aunt would say this. My aunt would be sitting there, and she'd say, Ann, get away, get away. There's, there's somebody sitting there. there. Do you not see that woman? They're there to do harm to you. She'd get all torn up. And she'd say, she said, when, at night, she'd say, there's people in here that are very, very mean, and they torture me, and they torment me, and they do mean things to me, and I can't do anything to defend myself. Remember she talked about that? And she talked about how she realized, she told my mom, she said, she was sitting there in between eternity and the natural. She spent about two weeks going back and forth between eternity and the natural, going back and forth and going back and forth. And she said to mom, she said, there's a light about you. And mom said, what? She said, you. She said, you have a light about you. And mom said, yeah, that's Jesus. And she said, and, and, and she, she, so my mom said, Jan, do, do you see light in, in Robbie? She said, oh, yeah, she's got light. Yeah, yeah. What about mine? Yep, yep. What about your daughter? Yeah, they got light. Well, what's that light? It's Jesus, the light of God. Jesus said, I am the light. And uh, so she got all stressed out and all torn up because these evil people were there to do evil things. And Jan was afraid that they were going to get a hold of my mom as well as her. And mom said, Jan. She said, I'm not afraid of those things. Get out of here in New Jesus. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And Jan said, oh. Mom said, what? She said, you said that, and they left. She said, of course they left. They have to go in Jesus' name. Of course they go. What are we dealing with? Spirit. Spirit. So Mom said, so I had to sit down with Mom, and I said, Mom, I said, here's the deal, Mom. I said, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to talk to her. I said, but if she won't receive Jesus, you can't be with her at the time of her death. Mom got, oh, I'm not afraid of any demon. I said, it's not about you being afraid of a demon. It's about the torment that the demon will put you through after she goes because you'll see your sister being tormented. And she said, oh, okay, I understand that. I, that, that checks in my spirit. So I went in the room, and I tried to talk to my aunt, and every time I brought up Jesus, she changed the subject. And then I, so finally I just, you know, and I, you know I'm like, Aunt Jan, you got to hear me. you got to hear me. you got to hear me. And I got so flustered. And I got so flustered, and I finally just sat back, and I said, Holy Ghost, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I heard these words. You have to accept her decision. You have to accept her decision. So I leaned up real close to the side of her bed, and I said, Aunt Jan, I said, you listen to me. I said, I have Jesus, the Son of the living God, he came and he died on the cross for you. He's the only light that's going to make this darkness go. He's the only light that's going to make this torment stop. He's the only one that's going to bring an end to the torment. It is up to you. You can, I said, you're seeing over into your eternity. What you're seeing is your future. And it will be for all of eternity. And it's your choice. You get to go in that torment... And that's your choice. Or you can call on the name of my Jesus. And you can receive him in your heart, even though your head doesn't understand it. You can receive him into your heart. And I said, and immediately you'll be a resident of heaven. And immediately those demons will go. And immediately your eternity will be heaven. I said, but here's the deal. It's your choice. And I said, whatever you choose, I'll accept it. And I mean, I had tears. I, could, I was crying so hard I could hardly get the words out of my mouth. 
I said, because here's the deal. It's not my life, it's yours. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. Because at one point in time, she said, I deserve hell. I said, I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care what anybody has done. Listen to me. I don't care. I don't care what you've done. I don't care. Nobody is deserving of hell. Hell was not created for humans. I don't care. You can be a murderer in death row. And as much as my flesh may hate your actions, my spirit loves you. Loves you. And you guys all know I have a heart for veterans. You know I have a heart for them. My, my family is a very military-serving family. My husband served in the military. My, both of my grandfathers served in the military. I have lots of extended family that have served in the military. And one of the biggest tortures I see Satan put our veterans through is he tells them that because of the things they had to do in the military that God will deny them. And no, he will not. You did what you had to do because it was your job. And you were defending the innocent. And God will not punish you for that. All you have to do is go to the Father and say, Father God, I'm sorry, and I need to be forgiven for all my mistakes. So on the good news, my aunt, so I, went, I, I, so I, I left her that day. I come back in the next morning, and I said, how was your night? She said, oh, they were dark. Those people, they were so tormenting. I couldn't do anything. I said, well, you know the answer. I said, when you're tired of the darkness, you call on the light. You call on my Jesus, and my Jesus will come right to you. And so the, towards the end of the day, she said, okay, okay. I said, towards the end of the day, I said, well, we're getting ready to go. Are you ready to receive my Jesus? And she said, no, not today. I said, okay. I said, well, if when, if when the darkness comes and they come to torment you and you've had enough, you just call on my Jesus and tell him you receive him, and my Jesus will be right there for you. And she said, okay. And I came in the next day. I said, you receive my Jesus? No, not yet. I said, oh, okay. Went through the whole thing again. The next day, we came in the room, and there was a change in the atmosphere. There was a total change in, my, in the atmosphere. And my aunt was completely at peace. She no longer had a face of terror on her, a look of terror on her face. She was actually at peace. There weren't tears running down her cheeks anymore. There was actually a little bit of a smile on her face. And she said, do you see that fat little baby sitting over there? I thought, well, that's different. So then we transported her to the nursing home because she was in a rehab. So we transported her that day. And I looked at my mom and I said, something's changed. And she said, yeah, something's changed. So we got it all settled in that day. We come in the next day. Mom said, she said, I think I'll be okay to go by myself. I'm going to go by myself today. I said, okay. So mom called me about 5 o'clock in the afternoon and she said, guess what, guess what, guess what? I said, what? I said, oh, gosh, what's happened now? I thought, oh, it's been a bad day. She said, no, it's been total peace all day. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, Jane was telling me about the fat little baby. She kept talking about how she just wanted to go play with the children. And there was a fat little baby over there that she wanted to go, go play with. And there were two little girls sitting on the other side of the room. We went from dark creatures grabbing her and tormenting her to a fat baby and children in the spirit. Oh, could have been. And so she said, I just want to, I just want to go. She said, I just want to go with the children. And, my, and, and so mom was like, well, Jan, I'm going to stay with you a while. She said, no, you go ahead and you go. Because my aunt never wanted us to leave her. Anytime we went to leave, she said, no, 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 no. She'd get in a panic. And she said, no. She said, go ahead, Ann, go home. And mom said, are you sure? And she said, yep, I'm good. 
My mom said, are you sure? She said, yeah, I've got God in my heart. And mom said, no, Jim, that's good that it's God, but you don't need God. You need Jesus. See, because it's not God. It's Jesus, because Jesus is the one that paid the price. He, she said, no, Jan, you got to have Jesus. And she said, I've got Jesus. Because she couldn't get her breath. She said, I've got Jesus. You go. I'm okay. And mom left. Called me. And she said, she said, should I call her daughter? Should I tell her? She said, because the atmosphere is all right. I said, let's give it one more day. Let's just make sure. You know, mental. <laughs> let's just make sure. Let's just make sure. Let's make sure that she confesses the same thing the next day. Well, 8 o'clock at night. I get a phone call from an unknown number. I don't answer it. They get a phone call, unknown number. He gets, she gets, un, nobody answers the phone. So the next thing we know, we get a phone call from her daughter who's in Maryland. And she is wailing in great agony. Wailing in great agony. What's going on? What's going on? We thought one of the boys or something happened. Something happened to one of the boys or something. And she said, I just got a call from the nursing home. Mom passed away. Oh, my God, she's in hell. And mom said, wait, wait, no, no. She literally thought that we were, that we were just telling, that, telling her that just to make her feel good. And she said, no, no, no. And we told her what happened. And she said, oh, praise God. Well, then they come down, her and her husband come down and everything. And her husband said, I knew it. I told my wife months ago. He said, we were praying for a miracle. And I knew that she had to get down here so she'd make heaven. He said, I know that I know in my spirit she made heaven. In fact, Zach texted me and because he called or something. And I said, I said, whoo, Jan made heaven. And I said, I said, I'm dancing with her in the spirit, dancing with her in the spirit. He said, what's that? I said, my spirit has a witness that her spirit's in heaven and we're both dancing together. See, there's a heaven to have and a hell to shun. There's a heaven to have and a hell to shun. The book is not just a book. The book is the living word of God. And we've got to get this down on the inside of us so that we can bring others into this wonderful, glorious time and into this wonderful, glorious place. You've got to get it inside of you, so far down inside of you, that when you get squeezed, you go, Jesus! Not, well, I think I'll put up with the devil for a while. No, buddy. When you get squeezed, you've got to, call, you've got to get it on the inside of you so much that you say, oh, Jesus. Now, I know most of you. But I don't know your heart. I assume I know most of your hearts, but I don't truly know your heart. Only you and God truly know your heart. And here's the deal. You can say, well, I picked Jesus at one time, but now I'm not so sure. Okay. But here's the deal. Go to Romans 10. Romans 10. See, every once in a while, even the believers need to be reminded of this. Every once in a while, even the believers need to be reminded of this. We're created in God's image. Now, y'all go to Romans 10. I'm going to finish reading John. Because I didn't finish reading it. Y'all go to Romans 10. I'm going to read John 12:47 or 46. He said, I came a light into the world that those that believeth on me should not abide in darkness. If you believe in Jesus, you can vanquish darkness from your life. Amen. But you have to abide in the light of God. What does that mean to abide? You've got to live and dwell. You've got to put your thoughts, your beings, everything about you has got to be about Jesus. He said, and if any man hear my words, that word right there is the word rhema. It means spirit spoken word. So I'm going to read it that way. He said, and if any man hear my spirit spoken word and believe not, 
I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Amen. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will not go before the judgment seat of God. You will go before the judgment seat of Christ, which that judgment seat is your reward. You'll get rewards in that seat. He said, and he that rejecteth me and received not my spirit spoken words. There's that word ram again, spirit spoken words. Hath one that judges him. And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. That's the Father God. So here's the deal. It comes down to two things. Either you receive what's being spoken by the Spirit, or you reject what's being spoken by the Spirit. If you receive what's being spoken by the Spirit, you get the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. You get Holy Ghost boldness. You get all the privileges of being the righteous, privileged, peculiar person of God. But if you reject him, then your eternity here and your, your life here will be ruled and reigned by devils and demons and overrun by devils and demons. And in eternity, it will be overruled by devils and demons. Now, here's the deal. Don't think you can wait to the last minute like my aunt did. Because I'm telling you, if it was not for the Narcan, she would have died and gone to hell. The only reason she got the chance that she got is because we were in this church, this church, my family, and their churches. There was an army of people praying for her. And our prayers were being led by the Spirit. Because I pray, I told the Lord, I said, Father God, you can allow her to see into the Spirit. Give her a glimpse of her eternity and help her unbelief. And he did exactly what I asked him to do. Amen. And that was what turned it for her. So don't think you can say, well, I've got time. Because you could get out here, get in an accident, and die. You may not have time. He said, he said, for I have not spoken of myself. And I'm telling you, I'm not speaking of myself. I'm not speaking of the, I'm not, yeah, I'm talking about Jesus a lot. But really, I can say this. I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me and gave me a commandment. What I should say and what I should speak. Let me tell you right now. Here was the sermon that I had. Uh, Jesus says of himself. In other words, I was going to preach on... Jesus confesses that this is what Jesus says about himself. Therefore, this is what we're supposed to say about ourselves. Did I preach that? Nope. Why? Because it wasn't my words. It was the Father's words. On the live feed, they said, I need a title. I said, only the Holy Ghost knows. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. He says this. He says, and I know. That his commandment is life everlasting. When I follow his commandment, when I do what the Father tells me to do, it brings life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. We as believers are to speak what the Father speaks. And it's a commandment. And that's why the service started with an impartation of boldness to declare and speak his word. So because he wants to help you and aid you to speak what he commands. Romans 10. Romans 10. See, I keep running over. 
And the, de and the devil keeps beating me up because I'm not respecting the people's times. Because that was one of the blueprints. Was we would respect people's times and we wouldn't run over. And so the devil's been beating me up about that. And I'm like, but God. And God said, no man puts me on a watch. No man puts me on a watch. And sometimes we've got, to put, we've got to take our watch and set it aside and say, Father, this time is your time. Because sometimes you can't get across what needs to be gotten across in an hour and a half to two hours. Now, does that mean we're going to run over all the time? No, I don't believe so, but sometimes you've got to. Romans chapter 10, yes. verse 9. If, or that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All right, here's what we have to do to receive Christ, to be in Christed. So we've got our confession right here. All of these things... This is, this, is, this is a tiny snippet of who you are and what you become when you receive Jesus as your Savior. This tiny little snippet. When we, when we say, um, when we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that we are in Christ, all of this becomes our new reality. Amen. Our new reality. And it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... Doesn't mean if I'll think it. It means you've got to say it out of your mouth. And shall believe. Well, I just don't know that I can believe. That word believe means trust. Just trust. Just, Father, I trust that it's so. I trust that it's true. Trust is a choice. Trust is a choice. Believe in the heart. Here's the deal. I got news for you. Your head can have all kinds of problems. Do I understand how the Holy Ghost came on a virgin and caused her to get, get conceived the Father, how to conceive Jesus into the womb? I don't have a clue. Do I understand the depths of, of the crucifixion? No, not like I should. Do I understand why it had to go down the way it went? No. But how, do I understand how the, how the Trinity operates? No. All that matters is that I believe in my heart, on the inside. See, the Bible says that no man comes to the Father unless the Father draws him. There's something on the inside. I still remember to this day. I received Jesus as a small child. I, uh, there's not been a day in my life that I didn't know that I know that I know that I was headed for heaven. But there's 12 years of my life that I felt that knowledge slipping away from me because I was getting farther and farther and farther from the Father God. And as that knowledge slipped away, the darkness and the emptiness on the inside grew. And it grew to such a point that I said, I sat on my bed and I cried out with everything in me. And I said, Father, I just want to come home. And in my mental mind, I thought that meant moving back to Murphy. But in my spirit, my spirit cried out. My spirit said, Father, I'm so sorry. I repent. I'm coming home. And instantly, in the second of time, everything began to change in our life. Instantly. In less than two years, we were standing in pulpits teaching because of, the, because of God. Did I understand in my heart, did I understand in my head what, what the choice was? No. But I understood in my heart that I needed Jesus. Amen. Believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Do I understand how that works? No. Do I understand how the glorified body works? No. Do I get it? No. <laughs> but do I believe it? You better believe I believe it. You can't talk me out of it. You cannot talk me out of it. I know that my Jesus lives. Because he's taken care of me too many times for Amen. him not to be alive. I've been supplied too many times. I've been healed too many times. 
I've been saved from death too many times. I've overcome too many times. I've had protection when I didn't think protection was possible. I had food when we didn't know where food was coming from. I've had clothes when I didn't think that we had clothes. I mean, I'm telling you, I, there's not, I've not gone without because my Jesus is alive and real. Amen. My, my Redeemer lives. And my Redeemer redeems me and takes care of me. Glory to God. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's with the heart. It's with the heart. It's with the heart. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. Respect and privacy is why we do it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Privacy and respect. It also helps you to hear from the Father. Like I said, I believe I know most people's hearts. or I, I, I know where most of you stand. But I don't know your heart. And if your heart is in a position where it's like, Well, Father, I gave it to you once, but mm, I've, I've pulled away. I've pulled away. Then, you know, then you need to rededicate your heart. And if you say, well, I tell everybody that I'm saved. And I tell everybody that I know Jesus. And I believe, and, and, and you know, and, and that's good and right. But honestly, if I check down on the inside, I, I don't know that I'm heaven bound. I don't know. I don't know that I know that I'm headed to heaven. Because when you get born again, when you come into Christ, you know that you know that you know that you're heaven bound. You know it. Or if you say, well, you know, so, I, so I, I tell everybody I believe, but I just don't have that knowledge. Well, then you need to get, you need to pray this prayer. You need to get born again. You need to let Jesus come on the inside. If you say, well, there's that darkness creeping up on the inside. I feel that I've, I've allowed sin in my life and I feel myself slipping away from God. Well, you need to rededicate. You need to get right with God. You need to not let hell grab you. And if you say, well, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never said. I've never chosen to believe. But I feel that darkness that you're talking about, and I'm sick of it, and I'm tired of it, and I want it to go, and I want to make a choice for Jesus. Then pray this with us. And pray it from your heart. And it's okay if your head hurts. It says, I just don't know. So no, every head bowed and every eye, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're saying, yes, I need to either rededicate or receive Jesus for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody sees you. Nobody sees. The only reason I ask you to raise your hand is just so I can check up on you and make sure that you're doing okay. But you don't have to. If you say, well, I've never prayed that prayer, but I want to receive Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. There's a lot I don't get, but I know you're telling me the truth. And I want to pray that prayer. Raise your hand. Well, we're going to do it this way. We're going to pray from our heart. You know, I, do, I, I pray and I rededicate my heart to the Lord on a very regular basis. I do. Very regular basis, I pray this prayer. So let's all say this prayer together. Say, Father God. Father God. I believe. I believe. In my heart. In my heart. That Jesus died on the cross. That Jesus died on the cross. That you raised him from the dead. That you raised him from the dead. On my behalf. On my behalf. Father. Father. I know that he's your son by faith. I know that he's your son by faith. Father. Father. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Father. 
Father. Receive me into your hands. Receive me into your hands. Father. Father. Make me that brand new creature in Christ. Make me that brand new creature in Father, Christ. Father. I receive everything you have for me. I receive everything that you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Here's the deal. If you prayed that from your heart, you belong to Jesus. And every demon in hell has no right to you. No right to you. No right to you. Well, glory to God. I preach myself happy and saved. Amen. <laughs> happy and saved. Glory to God. Well, tithes and offerings. It's a good day to be a servant in the house. Glory to God. Glory to God. Maybe we'll find out about speaking like Jesus speaks next week. <laughs> Amen. Maybe, maybe. Glory to God. You want to bless? Sure. Lord, we thank you for this word that, that you've given us. We thank you that... Um, that we've learned more about you and that we've drawn closer to you and that this word is planted on good ground and will grow and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Now, Lord, we know that your work um, needs to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why we give unto your kingdom because you gave unto us first and so much more. You, in fact, the only reason why we are able to do the things we do and, and have the money that we have is because you've given it to us. You've given us the ability. You've given us the money. It all comes from you. It's all yours anyways. You created the whole thing. So, Lord, we give back unto you in order for your work to be done here on earth because that's the way the world, world runs. And so there we, we give that money. and We give it with a joyful and a glad heart because you gave so much more unto us. And it's just right that we honor you with this money. Thank you, and Lord, we, we ask that you bless this offering, that you bless it to go uh, to the furthering of your work, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think into doing that work in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you that, that you thank give you, us God. the ability to rebuke the devourer in your name, and we rebuke that devourer. Satan, yes. we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy, and you will not get us before we get out of the parking lot because we are forewarned, forearmed, and we're standing against you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Ministering angels, go according to the word. Cause finances to come in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for divine protection upon our people. Amen and amen. Amen. And serve the people. Glory to God. We'll have service tonight, healing school at 6 o'clock. Uh, prayer at 5, 